Al, it has been far too long since we were last in the courtroom. It's true. A long time. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> I should have known that was coming when I said that. I should have known. You should have known. God, I it, it's you. Of course I should have known. Always, always remember <laughs> who you're dealing with. <laughs> My best friend. Yes, hello. Hello. Hello, it is me. He's the beast friend. Uh, when did we last talk about an Ace Attorney game? Oh, Jesus Christ. I couldn't tell you. As I mentioned, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it happened again. You just set yourself up for it. I really did. I really did. When will I learn? Never. I was say probably never. I'm going to say it again at some point. And you're going to be like, oh, man, let me just hit you with that again. Uh, we talked about Apollo Justice on episode 50, and then the first Ace Attorney game on episode 122. Wow. And then we talked about the film last year. Wow. I don't know if we talked about any other ones, though. I don't think we have, because it's on our list of, like, potentials. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, yes. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Season Language Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Owl and Ladium. Hello. This is episode 242. And we are talking about the first Great Ace Attorney game. Mm-hmm. Because those games finally came out over here. Finally! After six years. God. I almost said it again. I almost said it again, and I was like, wait a minute. No, I can't say it. It took a while. It took a while for them to come over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're finally out. Yes. And a shocking turn of events. Because I think like most people, we collectively thought, those games aren't coming out over here. It's been so long. Why would they come out? Yep. And then it was just like, hey, we're putting them out as a, du- as a dual pack. And I was like, huh? Huh? <laughs> okay, sure. I will take this. I mean, yeah. So there you go. So this game first originally came out on the Nintendo 3DS in Japan on July 9th, 2015. A long time ago. Oh, it was a simpler time in 2015. Yeah, that's true. Came to Android and iOS in Japan on August 30th, 2017, and then finally to Windows, Switch, and PS4 on July 27th, 2021. Mm-hmm. A long time indeed. So there you go. There's your timeline for this. But we've only played one of them so far. We've only played the first one. We will get to the second one at some point in time, and we'll talk about it, you know when we finish in all that sort of stuff. But yes, it's nice to play an Ace Attorney game again. Yeah, man, I I have missed playing it. I had such a good time when we were playing this. Like, this is super fun. I got way into it, as you are aware, but... Mm-hmm. God, it was fun. Because it's been five years mm-hmm. since we've last been able to play an Ace Attorney game. Right. Because Spirit of Justice was 2016. And a good And game. then they put out the original trilogy... 
on basically everything mm-hmm. i think a couple of years ago but outside of that there hasn't been any new games even in general there hasn't been any new games but these are new for non-japanese audiences so these technically count as new games so we yep. got those now yay so there is that. Let's talk about development history and also there's a lot about localization about this game, which I think we should talk about. Oh yeah, we definitely have to talk about it. Because yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's let's see. Let's dive in development first. Uh, the Greatest Attorney was developed by Capcom for the 3DS. It was directed by Shu Takumi and produced by Shintaro Kojima and features character designs and art by Kazuya Nuri and music by Yasumasa Kitagawa and Hiromutsu Maeba. Uh, Takumi is obviously the one most people would know for directing the original trilogy and then also went on to do Leighton versus Phoenix Wright mm-hmm. and then didn't do anything I think with the second trilogy potentially let me let me double check that he was supervisor and scenario writer for Apollo Justice and then after that did not touch the main series okay so there you go development began in 2013 a few months before after the release of the Japanese release of Takumi's previous project, Professor Layton vs. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. A very underrated game, I think, that a lot of people have forgot about. Yes, I agree. When he was asked to work on a new Ace Attorney game, at one point he considered having the game focus on civil trials, but remembered a game idea he had come up with earlier, around 2000. He had the, I, blah, blah, blah. He had the idea of a mystery game in which a detective makes incorrect deductions and where players have to correct the detective and lead him towards the truth. He thought it would be fun to combine the idea with Ace Attorney, but did not expect Capcom to accept the idea. Takabe had been wanting to make a Sherlock Holmes game for a long time because of this. Holmes was part of the concept all the way from the start. According to Takumi, he had several reasons for wanting Holmes in the game, both due to the gameplay and as a way to separate the game from the main Ace Attorney series, as Holmes is from a different time period than the one the main series games takes place in. This led to Takumi thinking about how Japan was at the time and led to new possibilities for the game's mysteries. Initially, Takumi had intended to intended for the game to begin in London, thinking that it would be too much to create a Japanese courtroom for the prologue. This changed when Nuri said that he thought it should begin in Japan. The previous work in Leighton vs. Phoenix Wright helped Takumi establish the setting, the setting for the setting. It's <laughs> a weird way to finish that sentence. Yep. Takumi found it challenging to write dialogue and using expressions appropriate for the way the Japanese language was during the Meiji period, as he had to avoid as he had to avoid both too old-fashioned and too modern dialogue. As the Meiji period was a time when the lawyer profession was new in Japan, and when there was a lot of focus on becoming part of the new world and becoming more Western, Takumi made sure to make the game reflect this. As as Takumi had to create a new world for the story to take place in, it took longer than expected to write the game's scenario. The protagonist, Ryonosuke's character, was based on how the main series protagonist, Phoenix Wright, would speak and act if he had lived during the Meiji period. When the development team wrote a list of ideas for the name, the names for the protagonist, Ryonosuke was the first one to be suggested. It only took a few seconds for them to decide to decide on it. Suzato is based on the same concept of, as that of previous Ace Attorney heroines. She was designed to be a perfect partner and fun to spend time with, as the heroines of the series always are by the main character's side. Her name was decided by choosing kanji characters that Takumi found pretty. The development team decided to change Sherlock's Watson from the original, as they thought it would be more interesting if Watson weren't another English gentleman. Hmm. So there is your development. Interesting. There's a well, lot there. Yes. Well, let's talk about localization, which there's even more of. Okay. Because there's a lot to talk about. Head localizer Janet Sue, HSU. HSU. I guess that's, that's how. It... 
approached the localization of the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles primarily as a story, like all other Ace Attorney titles. For the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles in particular, there was also a need for historical and cultural background research on which to base the translation. They wanted to preserve the period feel of the setting. An example of these extra considerations is the court record subtitle system, where in an effort to preserve the, preserve the flavor of the Meiji J Japan setting, she asked the programmers to create a new UI system which, which, with, with which she could add subtitles to pieces of evidence instead of redoing the textures in English. Regarding Japanese cultural nuances, not a lot was altered. This was because the game distinctly relied in the, relied in the contrast between the cultures of Japan and Britain in its story and theming. As the player is expected to experience this culture class in the clash in the first place, there was no need to change much. However, some instances were fine-tuned regarding their phrasing to help bring out the intended nuance of the original. Sue gives the example of a scene involving Susato Mikotoba in which she she talks about a decision she has made. Sue wanted to make sure that Western players understood that Susato is not being deferential or asking for permission, but is following Japanese etiquette. Sue found it difficult to translate over the game's numerous jokes and conversations that would not make sense to a Western audience. For example, a conversation between Ryanosuke and Susato about a snowman involving involved them talking about how something is two heads or three heads high. This had to be changed as it relied on the players being aware of the culture, culture surrounding Daruma dolls it would not come across as funny in English. To maintain the feel of the original while altering such lines, Sue considered what the Japanese version was going for and to either translate it over, over direct if possible or go for its nearest approximation. In the original dialogue, in the original dialogue consists of faux Meiji-era style Japanese, which is of the period, yet which is still easy to understand for modern audiences. To replicate this, the localization has the British character speak in faux Victorian dialect, such as the blue-collar Cockney accent of Gina Lestrade. The increase in awareness of Japanese culture in recent years allowed Sue to include Japanese honorifics into the game without needing to explain what they mean. The usage of San and Sama, in contrast with Mr. and Miss, was utilized in order to, to subtly convey to players when Ryunosuke and Suzato are speaking to, are supposed to be speaking Japanese to each other. Uh, that makes sense. As the story and themes of the Great Ace Attorney is heavily tied to the protagonist being Japanese, Sue felt it was important to convey his immigrant experience. The main struggle she faced was conveying cultural information to players in a way that feels natural. This was a stark contrast to past Ace Attorney localizations in which the setting was altered to America. Sue gives the comparison of Turnabout Storyteller from Spirit of Justice, in which Rakugo played a major role. Sue notes that the protagonist is localized to be American, having Japanese culture explained to her for the player's sake was easily doable and made sense. However, in contrast, it would seem entirely unnatural if Ryanosuke had to have Japanese culture explained to him. Thusly, she needed to rely on slipping the information to the player naturally via context clues and indirect dialogue. Conveying British culture to American audiences was also another hur hurdle that, has, that Sue faced. There, was, uh, there were issues involving the differing terminology between British English and American English, such as first floor, meaning different things in both. The Japanese original also contained many references to Victorian Britain that even the British, the British translation, uh, translators did not know about and had to look up. S Sue avoided using obscure Victorian-era words or hardcore Britishisms that would have been confusing to people unfamiliar with the terms. Regarding the British setting, as the Japanese original takes great care to make the London setting feel real, Sue avoided learning, leaning on American ideas of stereotypical England, and instead focused on celebrating the culture of Britain. To this extent, most of the translators who worked on the game were British, and the translation was handed by Plus Alpha Translations. The inclusion of real-life figure Sosuke Natsume created, caused another hurdle for Sue. As Natsume would be recognizable to all Japanese players, his books being required learning at school, the character relied a great deal on a natural cultural warmth towards him. It was difficult making the character as lovable to an audience who would likely not know who he is. Prior to the announcement of the game's Western localization, fears over the game's uses of racism was one of the speculated reasons for the lack of a Western release. 
In actual fact, the localization did tone back on the racism included in the dialogue and removed all outright Asian slurs. Notable you know, exam- this is toned back? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Notable examples include insults about Ryanosuke being yellow, being altered to him being insulted as black on account of his black university uniform, and all u- all usages usages of Oriental were removed and replaced with Nipponese or Far Eastern. So it was worse. <laughs> how? Oh my god, I don't know how you could possibly get worse, because that's what I was hoping we were going to talk about when we were talking about localizations. Like, this is basically just racism the game. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap, everybody's so racist in this. And, like, I cannot imagine it being at another level of racist. Yeah. God. I guess if... I'm thinking that if, like, they had gone full bore with it... Yeah. You probably would have bumped the rating up. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because I'm assuming the ESRB would be like, look at these, and be like, you can't put slurs in there and not get an M rating. <laughs> right. Like, that, that's just f-ing racist, guys. Come yeah. on. <laughs> that's, that's at least my thought on it. And also just like, you know, probably at, at the same time, just be like, we should just probably tone this back in general because who boy. Yeah. Like, that would make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, finally, Due to long-standing copyright issues related to the character of Holmes with the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Conan Doyle, the character of Sherlock was renamed Herlock Holmes for the international release. This was done in allusion to Maurice LeBlanc's Arsene Lupin versus Herlock Holmes, according to Takumi. Following the announcement of the Herlock Holmes localization, memes developed around the character and the circumstances of their renaming from Sherlock Holmes in conjunction with in conjunction with copyright law. The situation was picked up and conveyed by major news out online news out bleh, major online news outlets. So there you go. Also, we just compared it to the Code Realize yep. version. Um, so I guess if you're unaware, the the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, basically, some of Sucks. some of Sherlock Holmes is in um, what's the, pub, the public, public... Public domain. Public domain. The other half of the stories are not. Mm-hmm. And the, the other half of the stories are the ones where, like, Holmes expresses emotions and they have those locked down with like under like lock and key essentially where you can't do anything with those yep so basically a lot of stories that involve Sherlock Holmes and doing anything that's not just straightforward detective work has to get changed because they will just come down on you because they are just yes yeah, they're terrible fight me guys but seriously like the first thing that came to mind when we heard about it, we were just like, oh man, Code Realize, that's what it is. Yay! Mm-hmm. Except for in that one, it's pronounced Herlock Cholmay. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, this is French. Ha, ha, ha. And then they just go ahead and, well, it's spoilers for Code Realize. They just go ahead and be like, by the way, this is actually Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, they just, yeah. The, the biggest twist ever. Who would have expected him to be Sherlock Holmes? Because I doubt, I got, I doubt the uh, the Doyle estate is going through and playing all of Code Realized to get to that point. I mean, honestly, that's their real mistake. Yes, they should. Maybe they would be less terrible if they actually played Code Realized. Because mm-hmm. then maybe they would have some happiness in their lives. I don't know. Doubt it. I mean, yeah, rip. So there you go. Also, uh, it is worth noting that there was a fan translation of this game that came out in 2019. Oh. I've had it bookmarked on my computer for probably since then. Mm-hmm. And just never got around to playing it. Because I didn't know if, like, 3DS emulation would even work on my computer. Right. But that has been a thing. So, like, it, this first game has been playable in some form 
for at least a couple years, but this is the first official 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 release, so I did not realize that it had a fan translation. Yes. I don't know if the second game got one or not. But yes. Uh, also because of the um because of we, as we talked about the racism in this game, which is a lot. It's a lot. There is a part about this on the Wikipedia in terms of the reviews about this game. About the racism? Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> Western reviews made note of the excessive usage of casual anti-Asian racism towards the Japanese characters within the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. The usage of such racism has been both has been subject to both praise and criticism. Uh, Ash Parrish of Kotaku said the excessive use of racism made her uncomfortable and called it shockingly upsetting. The saving grace that stopped her from turning off the game was both Sholmes and Wilson never engaged in any of the racism. Karen Pratton of First Post said the dialogue is damaged by extremely tone-deaf use of racist discourse, specifically pointing out the excessive use of the term Nipponese and the accusations made against Ryunosuke that he is an Eastern sorcerer. So there's that. But then there's also this. It says, On the other hand, Kate Gray of Nintendo Life said it makes for honest, raw portrayal of how things were in the late 19th century. Melindy Hetfield... Uh, at Eurogamer noted that the game's use of casual smarmy racism ties into the game's overall themes of the Japanese wanting to reject Western customs in favor of maintaining their cultural identity. Amelia Frizzetti at Nintendo Wire said that while ra the racism left a questionable taste in her mouth and felt out of place for an Ace Attorney game, it was nevertheless period appropriate and handled as delicately as possible. Uh, reviewer Elliot Gattaca considered the casual xenophobia and racism to be a positive thing and a means in which to get people to open up about such issues and push against them. He stated that it is a bad thing to just consider the game problematic. Andrew Webster of The Verge was pleasantly surprised that the game touched upon the issues of racism and sexism of the time period. Likewise, reviewer Akshay Bala considered the decision to include casual racism a bold move. Insights Magazine stated that the racist treatment that he endures helps to make Ryanosuke's victories all the more satisfying. I mean, I'm, I'm more in the camp of, like, it was appalling and we both talked about how, like, upsetting it was, but, mm -hmm. I mean... It is period appropriate. That's something that they would be doing. And I, I do find it nice that like our allies didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, it, it is a very heavy racist game. Mm -hmm. I mean, like and I mean keeping in mind, like, this is this is a Japanese developer making a game that like probably had some of this to begin with in there and or most likely had well you said it had it even worse mm -hmm. um that's them in and of itself making a statement yeah so i mean that means something and and i think it's kind of weird to like just discount it as like oh no this is just racist and bad like it is racist and bad but i think that them them putting it in there purposefully is significant in and of itself. Like they're putting it in there for a reason. Right, right. It's not just like, oh, let's be casually racist. This is funny. Ha ha ha. Okay, I think overall it kind of ties into the, like this whole notion that, you know, Britain around this time period of the late 19th century is still very feeling that they're high and mighty and that they can do whatever they want, you know, colonialism, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, it also ties into like that notion that like they are very arrogant and they just don't care about other people or races or anything like that. So they will just say casual xenophobic and racist comments and just general talk and feel like, Oh, you know, what's, what's the big deal? Yeah. Like that. This is how it is. Yeah. Um, it's like, 
it was upsetting, but it wasn't enough that I was like, oh god, I can't play this game. Right. I like I I was like more shocked that like I was like, oh wow, they're really going for this. Mm-hmm. But also, I think, like you said, like I was like, or I realized, like, yes, this is very period appropriate for the time. This is how people would speak, especially to, you know, people from other countries that they don't understand and don't know, and just like, oh, I've only only heard these stereotypes, so this has to be true, right? And also, like, you know, considering how much class warfare is in this game as well, like, it's just a whole, it's a whole bunch of stuff wrapped up together to like how late nineteenth century Britain was. Yep. That like, I don't think you can just cherry pick one thing and be like well this is bad when it's also doing all this other stuff that's like critiquing this time period right so that's my two cents no i agree with you and i, I think that I it actually does a a pretty good job of being like a, a critique of of the time period mm-hmm. um I, I like i said i cannot imagine it being more racist than it already is because jesus christ it was everywhere but apparently it was. Wow. Like, literally multiple times. I was like, all right, we get it. You don't like Asians. Let's move on. I'm like, oof. Oof. Just let me let me be an attorney. They didn't want to let me be an attorney. but No, you know, they really didn't. I sure did show them. Because I became an attorney. Yeah. Actually, um, on a side note, you know, you're talking about the, uh, the, like, feeling of, uh, superiority and looking down on the Japanese, etc. Like, I think the first case of this game is a really good way to ground that entire mindset that mm-hmm. you have throughout the rest of the game. Like, they did a really, really good job of setting that up by just having that first case. But yeah, I I would agree with that as well because they're very like adamant, but like, oh man, we just got this new treaty with with Britain and everything. You know, man, we're feeling all great and everything. People are recognizing us as a country. Like, this is great. Also, we really don't want to make them mad because they will cut us off immediately and that'll be real bad. Well, and then the situation with how it ends is also a whole show. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole like, mess all around. It's it's a huge mess every like in every step of the way and it and I mean they're also willing to just like scapegoat somebody to to make them happy and it's crazy but um, I think that that was a really good way to set all that up of like this is what you're going to be dealing with is people thinking like you're inferior the whole time you're mm-hmm. playing this and also just setting up like immediately like this is a very political game yes. Yes. So, like, yeah, like, looking through this game now, and, like, just comparing to, like, when this game came out in 2015, like, there's no way they would have put this out. No. Just with the idea of, like, you know, where the Ace Attorney series was at that point, where, like, they weren't doing anything to, like, maintain that, oh, yeah, these games are from Japan. Like, they take place in Japan, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. and all that sort of stuff. They didn't want to touch that. And also just with like how much, you know, like we said, casual racism, how much like politics is in this game. Like it makes a lot of sense why they would have been like, no, we can't touch this. Yeah. It would have been a much harder sell to to get it out then. It would have been. But I think like now it's like, it's more 
easy to understand. Because, like, I think people who play these games know, like, yes, the weird localizations of the original games is a thing. Yep. We know, like, what these games are supposed to be and everything. So, like, you know, making this a game about, like, a character from Japan and everything, like, it's fine. People are going to understand that. But also, like, there's no way you could change that and make this game even, like, remotely playable. (laughs) No, no, no. And, I mean, honestly, like, it's not that far-fetched that Phoenix would have a a Japanese ancestor anyway. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, the fact that he has an ancestor who does go to Great Britain and speaks English very, very well. Um, like he's an English major. Like I'm, it makes sense at some point that like there would be some immigration that happens. Like you can definitely justify the fact that they have Japanifornia. You definitely could. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not completely like off the wall, like, oh God, this will never make sense. Like it totally does. I mean, nobody ever said that Phoenix Wright was white in the games. Nobody ever said that. They just said he lived in Japanifornia. So I don't know. I think it. I think it's fine that they did that. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's ancestors came from somewhere. Mine came from the moon. Wow, aren't you special? (laughs) Mine came from Ireland. It's way less cool than the moon. (laughs) Dang. Showing me up here. Showing Phoenix up too. I try. Man, just out here wilding. That's me. (laughs) Uh, This game also has some new gameplay mechanics. That we should talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the deduction stuff with Herlock Sholmes that you get to do where he'll go through a whole thing and you have to be like, no, that's not really what happened. Actually, let's correct everything about this. Let's fix this real quick. I really like that. I thought mm-hmm. it was a, a clever mechanic and it was fun to do when it worked. And, and then in the courtroom, it has the Leighton versus Phoenix Wright mechanic of you have multiple witnesses at the stand mm-hmm. that you have to go through and everything and then also there is a jury that you have to like maintain or went over or went over essentially and they are all completely stupid yep idiots big the big, most dumb people ever big dumb idiots <laughs> but everything uh, I, else is basically kind of like your typical ace attorney fair yeah you just like find contradictions mm-hmm um, I do appreciate that when when you're doing the mechanic of there are multiple people on the stands and somebody's doing something next to somebody else, he just yells, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man. I also thought when it first was introduced that, like, you would have to constantly be looking back and forth to see, like, is, are they doing something weird? I was worried about that, too. But, no, it just pops up like an exclamation point, like, if someone's doing something weird that you need to go look at. Yep. Yeah, I was totally worried about that, too. I was like, I can't pay attention to that much stuff at once. Ah! I think the only time it doesn't do that is in the last case. Correct. But even then, like, that's, like, an outlier. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Makes things nice. Also, uh, if you want to just play this, just watch this game, you could just do that because it has an autoplay feature, which it is does. very wild. It's pretty cool, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, not everybody has time to play through the game and figure everything out. Yeah. So, it's legit. Yeah. I didn't use it, but, you know, I can understand why somebody would. Absolutely. And I also like that that's an accessibility feature of, like, Somebody really wants to experience this story, but they don't really want to play the game. Like, cool. Here you go. Mm -hmm. It's nice. It's very nice. Let's uh, let's talk about this here story. Okay. Of the game, which is going to be spoiler time. Spoiler time. I guess spoiler before we do city. spoilers, I really like this game. I really yes. like this game. Um, so we're going to talk about spoilers, but just heads up, like this was a very, very good game. A plus do recommend. It's good. It does some things that you don't expect in an Ace Attorney game. Mm -hmm. Like the first like two thirds of this game, I think you're, you're kind of just like, huh? Yeah. It really subverts huh. what you would expect. So that's fun. Yes. And yeah, it's a, it's a good game. He's a good video game. Good game. Good game. Which also, like, I think you can get these both for, like, 40 bucks. So, like, it's not even full price. Yeah. Which is a, a nice bonus. Yes. All right. So, case one. Case one. You're on trial for murder. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> uh, there's a visiting doctor here in Japan named Dr. John H. Wilson. He got moited. He got moited. He got shot at a restaurant. And they all think Ryonosuke did it. Yep. Uh, he gets represented by his best friend, Kazuma Asogi. Asogi. And then you have to go up against the prosecutor of Takasuchi Auchi, who is the Japanese version of Winston Payne. Yes. And then basically... Uh, there's a dude who comes up and is like, hey, you should defend yourself and not let uh, Kazuma defend you because he has this big trip to, to Great Britain coming up and I don't want that to get messed up if he defends you. And loses. And loses and that, that'll get taken away and everything. So, so you should like, you should just like defend yourself and everything. The judge is going to ask you a question as soon as you get up there. Just say, I do. And he's like, what? <laughs> Are you asking me to like take the charges? Because I don't want to do that. He's like, no, no, that's not what I'm asking. It's like, well, time to just get married to somebody, I guess. Yep. <laughs> do you want to be my husband? I do. <laughs> I do. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> We're married to the judge now. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> Legit, when he said, like, oh, just say I do, I'm like, what? <laughs> All right. Cool. But yeah, that's us saying that we are going to represent ourselves. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, to be fair... We are representing ourselves, but we do have a lot of support. So are we really completely representing ourselves? Probably not, but it's no. enough that we get him off that hook. Yes. Also, worth mentioning, his best friend has crazy, like, his own wind. Much like the lead singer of REO Speedwagon. Do you not have your own wind? I wish I had my own win, honestly. Like, if my hair could just, like, blow in the breeze while I'm just standing there, like, I, it'd be so cool. But no, uh, I do not. But his headband is just, like, constantly flapping no matter where you are. And he has a sword. 
Wish I had a sword. I do have a sword, but it's on the wall. Don't don't get a sword. You will hurt yourself. I probably would hurt myself. Let's be you real. A hundred percent. I would. I would. I would. Uh, so basically, you go through this trial. You see some witnesses here and there, and they're very dumb. And then eventually, you have to call on like this English exchange student. Also, there's a baby with a snot bubble. There is a baby with a snot bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the English exchange student. She has like a swan hat, and um, initially she's just like only speaking English. Everyone's like, "Huh." Mm-hmm. And then she gets racist. <laughs> then she gets really racist. This is the first time that I was like, "Oh my god." Um and. I swear to God, I think that I think the waiter has tuberculosis. Oh yeah, definitely. Like that man has tuberculosis. He keeps coughing up blood. <laughs> yeah, and just wiping it off like it's nothing. I'm like, oh God, like, I'm good, bro. You got TB. Get out of here. You're not gonna make it very much longer. Nope. Yikes! And then he just kind of disappears for like the back half of the game because he's not actually a waiter. No, he's a inspector. Yeah. And was like, huh? huh? What? Steals all the evidence. Yes. <laughs> uh, but eventually you f- you find that it was the English exchange student who moited the doctor. Moited. And you're like, yay, I'm I'm acquitted and everything. What's going to happen to this lady? And they're like, well, we're going to send her to the China because this is a, a mess between, our, between Britain and Japan. So we got to send her there and uh, you'll never learn about this again. <laughs> Yeah, Hong Kong has, uh, I think they said Hong Kong has a consulate there, which Hong Kong was British at that point. So, like, they were like, ah, yeah, they'll, they'll handle her there. They'll figure it out. But mm-hmm. um, um, it's it's wild uh, how, how racist she got. And I do think that one thing that's really cool about this case is that um, – you you gain confidence as the case goes along, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like you're still a rattled freaking mess. Like because I think one of the first things you see is like the eyeball animation of like my eyeballs are going all over the place. Um, but like he he does gain confidence, and the first time that we got the objection, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, nailed it. That it was just our friend doing the objection. We finally got it. We got to do our objection. We're we a real lawyer now. We are a real lawyer. Except for we're not yet. Not really. But we're not we're we're not going to be killed for murdering somebody. We didn't do it. Nope. We're free to go. Yep. Yay. Yay. Oh, also, this is our first introduction um to uh Suzuzo. Mm-hmm. Um, because she she shows up as like, oh by the way. This is her research. Might be important. All right. Goodbye. You guys don't want me in here because I'm a lady. See you later. Bye-bye. It was very helpful. Yes. So after that, uh, Kazuma heads off to Great Britain, but then he's like, hey, Ryodosuke, you want to come with me? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Time to stow away. Because Kazuma keeps talking about how he, like, you know, he wants to go to Great Britain and, you know, learned the the courts there to bring it back to Japan and kind of like I guess just like make the Japanese court system better than what it is now because it's still very new. 
mm-hmm. but also he's mentioning that like, he has something he has to do over there. Yes. Word to the wise, you will never find out what that is. You probably will in the second game. I mean, yes, but also, I mean, in this game, you do not find out what it is. You, you do not, yeah. Because uh, as soon as the second part opens up, yo, he's dead. He's dead. He's the and, victim in the case. And everyone thinks Fritosuke did it again. <laughs> yep, because we were in the closet asleep. Mm-hmm. And this is also our introduction to Herlock Sholmes, because mm-hmm. he's there as well, just making deductions here and there. Just being a menace. Being a menace, yes. He's like, oh, man, this guy clearly was Russian. Everyone's like, huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, you work, you, this is your first time you get to work with Suzuto here mm-hmm. as you try and figure out uh, who killed Kazuma and everything. And this is an interesting part of the game as well because I was like, this is going real long. Like, when are we going to – are they going to disembark and go to a trial after this? Like, that seems – There's no a trial. really long part of this. But, no, there's no trial. You just – you figure out everything that happens here and get the person to confess finally, and then everyone's just like, all right, here you go. Yep. <laughs> Head to Great Britain. Yep. Um, so eventually, like, you learn that there was, like, this famous Russian ballerina who is basically fleeing her country. She stows away on this boat, and she inadvertently kills Cosimo because she gets scared that he- she thinks he's going to, like, rat her out. Yeah, she thinks that she's going to, or she thinks that he's going to alert the captain about everything. But what mm-hmm. he was actually doing was he was going to go consult uh, with Ryuneske and ask, like, hey, what should I do here? Mm-hmm. And she pushed him and he died. He died. Your brother Fred died. <laughs> and, um, then he, and then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't oh, bad. Um, I do think it was kind of clever how they used like an actual Sherlock Holmes thing here, the the speckled band. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty clever because it, it really did like throw me off for a bit. It's like, hmm, but it wasn't related at all. Nope. Nope. So there you go. And then also afterwards, they're like, well, I guess you guys got to go back to Japan now. But then Ryanosuke's like, what if I study law and just take the spot? <laughs> you know, all that was asked for was one lawyer and one assistant. And we still have one assistant. So if I become a lawyer, then, you know, we're still meeting the deal. It's fine. It's fine. It's plus, I got to figure out what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. We won't, though, at least in this game. No. I guess we should say there's there's quite a few things that are definitely like are interesting because like they definitely leave a lot of plot holes. Yeah. Where like I guess at the time you'd have to be like, man, I hope they really make a sequel of this game. Yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> there's a lot of like just specific things here or there that like just do not get answered. No. And there's like one of the um, like special videos that are on the game where it's like phoenix versus Rianosuke, and like he very much specifically addresses like yo there was a lot of stuff you didn't address in that first game huh <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh i mean yeah i guess sorry <laughs> uh so yeah they head to britain they have to meet up with the lord chief justice male strongheart who's a weird dude who's like obsessed with being on time for everything and he, he loves clocks i mean he's a weirdo very much a weirdo. I like to be on time, but I'm not like that. 
he uh he basically agrees to the terms that Ryodosuke and Suzano give him of like, hey, just take me. But he's like, all right, well, you got to go defend this guy who's going to be, you know, is accused of murder. And if you don't uh defend him, he's going to be murdered. He's going to get, you know, executed, executed. Yes. He's like, basically, this is your test to see if you actually know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you actually did all the studying you said you did go go defend this guy who doesn't have like no one will defend him. And if if he loses, then he will be executed. Have yes. fun, kids. So they they have to go defend this guy who is a alleged philanthropist. 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 Yes, Magnus McGilded. And he has been accused of murdering a bricklayer mm-hmm. in a bus. In a bus. In we a also bus. we also meet our uh, prosecutor throughout the game, Barrack von Zeeks. He's known as the Reaper of the Old Bailey. And also very racist. Very racist and just angry all the time. Yeah, and very and, wine drinky. Yes. Also, we also we get introduced to like other the other uh, court mechanics of like the jury and everything. Yep. Uh, this case is very weird because it's all just like everything is not as it seems. I guess you should say this was a very clever case, and I this mm-hmm. is. Like, the case before this was different, that, like, we didn't have the trial. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. We don't have a trial. But then this one really shows, like, you're dealing with a different kind of game here. Mm-hmm. And it really subverted my expectations for what I was getting into. And I was like, oh, you know, that's really good. Actually, a very clever thing. Because I was so proud of myself. Like, when I was figuring everything, you always feel proud of yourself when you start figuring the things out in, like, an Ace Attorney game. And, like, I was very proud of myself of figuring it out. And then it's like, Oh, oh no, oh no! What have I done? But it was also like you would figure something out, and then Ryodosuke <laughs> would be like, "I don't have a good feeling about this," and I'm just yeah. like, "Hmm." hmm. <laughs> so essentially, like you come up with this whole case, and then like another witness comes up and kind of co- corroborates it. Uh, but at the end, uh, Van Zeeks is like, "Yo, I think this evidence has been tampered with," like. There was blood in that bus, but that blood was never discovered by the police and anything. That seems real weird. But they're unable to prove that, like, oh, yeah, it's been tampered with. So you're able to win your first case. But then Ryodisky's like, did I do the right thing here? Like, I don't feel like I actually got the truth there. That seems bad. Doesn't seem like we really did what we came here to do, but I guess we won. So I guess we get to stay. Yay. Yay. And then afterwards, Begilda gets murdered in a fire. Yeah, he's like, oh man, I'm going to go check out the Omnibus. I'm going to go see what happened there. And then somebody set it on fire. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So he's he's a crispy McGilded now. He very much is. So after that, like, it's Riodosuke kind of like trying to come to terms with like, yo, it how do I be a defense lawyer if I don't know if I can believe in my defendants after this case? I'm just real messed up here. But then he has to basically come to defense of Sosuke Natsume, the Japanese novelist. Mm-hmm. And he's like just very timid and nervous and thinks he's got ghosts coming after him and everything. But also, he like no one wants to defend him because he's Japanese. Yep. So Ryanosuke kind of comes to terms with that and has to be like okay I guess I'll do this but the whole thing about this trial is that like 
he was walking behind someone who just fell over with a knife in their back mm-hmm. and he just runs away because he's scared. So everyone thinks he just stabbed him and or stabbed the person and then ran away. Mm-hmm. So you have to go through this whole song and dance of the trial and like figure out exactly what happened and everything, which turns out to be a whole thing, which were, becomes like a, oh, well, the crime scene isn't exactly the crime scene. Yep. It was across the street, not where everyone thought it was. And that and was then, because of the the beats and the bobbies and mm-hmm. not wanting to miss a date. Mm-hmm. And then also it just it was an inadvertent accident because of a domestic dispute dispute. Yep. Where you meet this landlord and his wife and they got into an argument about a mis misinformed misinformed information and the wife starts just like throwing everything at the husband including mm-hmm. a book that was on fire and then a knife that clings off the window and then just falls straight down and right into the victim's back. Yep. And she had like leaned down to pick up a book. Yeah. The flaming book that had fell yep. earlier. Yep. And also it was interesting because like the wife was one of the jury members. Yes. So like you have to like literally bring her down and then like put her on the stand and everyone's like, well, you can't do this. What? And they're like, well, I guess, yes, we can. <laughs> We're going to do this anyways. <laughs> yep. So this kind of like reaffirms Rienoske's like belief in the justice system, I guess, and, ha- and being a defense lawyer because he was able to defend Sosuke and do it in a way that wasn't just like shady or didn't feel right. It was, you know, him actually doing the work and getting the, the right truth, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, for the record, I just looked it up because I was um So it looks like... Why am I blanking on the name? Uh, Sosuke. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he left the UK in 1903. January 1903. So this takes a little bit of liberties with that. It's close, though. Right, because, but they all, they don't like mention the turn of the century in this game, so... They mentioned that it's coming up. Right. So, but he leaves immediately after this case, so... Yeah, so it it, it would have been... That, like I said, you were saying they took liberties. They did. But it's interesting that they got it pretty close. Because he was there from 1901 to 1903. Mm-hmm. So... And he abandons his... Well, he abandons one of his kitties. He does. He also wrote a book called I Am a Cat. Yes, he get yep. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Smuggled kitties later in the game. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It was a nice case though. I thought it was interesting. And mm-hmm. he was saying, you know, I'm I'm really excited to have people who can actually speak my language who are willing to defend me. Yes. That is true. But yeah, he basically leaves written afterwards he's like i can't stay here i gotta yeah, go home i don't like it i gotta go write some books <laughs> <laughs> and then also afterwards uh herlock and iris are like hey you want to come live with us and they're like yes please we don't have anywhere to stay hotels are so expensive <laughs> they're very expensive so they get oh my goodness the they get to be an office attic yeah so they're at the attic of 221 mm-hmm. baker street uh, then we get a little bit of a time skip where like two months pass and then they haven't done any work. <laughs> yep. 
and we get to learn about pawn shops. Yep. And then Gina comes back after mm-hmm. being in the third case because she's friends with Iris now. Or mm-hmm. Iris has befriended her. I guess that would be the right I way to say I think that's a better it. way to put it, <laughs> yes. yeah. She decided they were friends. So we get this whole thing where she goes into like the pawn shop and gets this coat and then this other weird JoJo looking guy comes in and is like, that's my coat. And then there's a whole song and dance with <laughs> Herlock and Riodoscape being like, nah, I think you just came in and tried to take that coat. What the heck, dude? He really is a JoJo character. He is. Uh, and then they they invite Gita back for like dinner and everything. And we get this whole thing about Iris's uh, one of Iris's manuscripts because she's she's the writer of all the Herlock Holmes books and everything. Mm-hmm. How one of them's in that pawn shop, but it's there because Herlock doesn't want it to be released yet, and he won't tell Iris why. Like she she showed it to him, and he like freaked out, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, no, no, no! I I gotta get rid of this." Also, Suzato knew knew what the name of the title was. Yep. Which shouldn't be a thing. Again, these are things that are not finished up story-wise in this game. Yep. But I'm guessing we will figure that out next time. Uh, around this time as well, they realize, Ryanosuke and Suzato realize who Iris's dad is. Mm-hmm. One Dr. John H. Wilson, who was the victim in the first case of this game. Correct. They're like, uh-oh. So they know that, and they're like, we will tell her eventually, but we're not going to tell her now, because I don't think we're ready for that. Again, not something that is, is wrapped up in this game. Nope. No, I'm still curious about all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later in the night, Herlock wakes up, and he's like, hey, there's something weird at the pawn shop. We should go check it out. Mm-hmm. So they go there. There's like some dudes being real shady. They shoot Herlock. And he makes Rinosuke go after them, but he loses them very quickly, and then comes back and looks through a peephole in the door for, like, the storeroom and sees the pawn shop owner shot in the back, and then Gina's next to him with a gun. Yep. They're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. And then, basically, after that, you have to, like, convince Gina to let you Defender. represent her, because she's very untrustworthy of people. And then eventually... You- she doesn't trust people. She's not... I mean... She's untrustworthy in the eyes of people, but she also does not trust others. So. Yes. So you eventually have to like kind of break her down and get her to do that and everything. Also, you learn that Suzato's leaving for Japan because mm-hmm. her dad's ill. So she's like, I got to go back. And yep. Rinosuke's like, oh, that sucks. He's sad. He's sad. But you get Iris as your your partner in this case specifically. Yep. And also, through investigating, you learn that McGilded was the murderer of the bricklayer. Yep. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> Saw that one coming. That's not going to come up in this next trial or anything. Nope. And essentially, you have to figure out through this trial, like, okay, what exactly happened here? You're finding out what happened here, and you're also finding out what happened, what, two months ago, three mm-hmm. months ago? Yeah. So it, you're basically solving two cases at once. Yeah, well, also, like, three cases. Yeah, that's true. Because there's also the secret case of government espionage happening. That's true, yes. That they also have to, to solve yep. <laughs> inadvertently. Yep, yep. So like, three cases in one here, so you get a whole bunch. But, I mean, it is the final case of the game, so, like, it goes very bombastic and everything. Yeah. 
Um, also, it's like ramps up the difficulty because like I oh, felt like yeah. going through the, this whole game, I was like, man, this game's kind of easy. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to this case, and it's like, all right, now we're Ace Attorneying. Yep. Now I we're there. I will not lie. I used a spoiler-free guide for the rest of this case because I was like, I need to get this game finished. <laughs> <laughs> so I just did that and cruised my way through the rest of the game. That's that's valid. Or for the rest of that case, I should say. Yeah, there were a few parts I was like, oh, God, I don't really know what to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, they, they definitely ramped it up at this one. Yes. So, like, you have the two baddies, the, the bruv bruvs. <laughs> Governor. The bruvs. The bruvs. Who want to make the, the detective guy their third bruv. Yep. He's like, no, stop that. <laughs> nope. They do their nope. cool pose. Yeah, they do. Which I didn't realize also that the JoJo guy is doing that pose as well. What? Yeah, he does it from the side. Oh my god! When they when you okay, so spoilers, he's the culprit in this whole thing. Yeah. But when you when you see them in the credits and they're in jail together, uh-huh. they all do the pose together. But he does it from the side while they do show you the back. Oh. It's the same pose. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a good touch. That's a good touch. I like that. Yeah, he but his just looks more like a JoJo pose than theirs. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So yeah, you bring the JoJo character in, who's like a communications officer, and he's like, oh, I'm. No, I don't have any business here. Why would you do this? But it turns out he hired the the goons because he needed a music box that was at the pawn shop because it was tied to the McGilded case because he was selling government secrets to McGilded for a lot of money because he used to be very poor and now he has money, but he wants more money so he's never poor again. And then he had he ropes his dad into making these music discs that turn out Morse code essentially. Mm-hmm. Because his dad used to make music boxes mm-hmm. before he made brick. And he made like a system where like you have to play two of them at the same time to get the full message, essentially. Mm-hmm. And basically, he needed like that, that music box to, to make sure no one found out about their whole scheme and everything. But then he roped his dad into it, and his dad was like, let me go do the dealing the next time you do this, because I know you're doing something weird. And then when he went to do the deal with McGilded, McGilded murders him. And that spins off that whole thing from two months ago and everything. And then revenge for that has to happen. And the revenge for that has to happen. So basically, Jojo Man breaks into the pawn shop because he needs those discs. And he needs the box. That's what he breaks in there. And then while they're doing that, the pawn owner comes out because Gina was there as well. Because she wanted to see if the manuscript was there. And then they come in to break in. So there's a whole whole mess and while that's all happening he shoots the pawn shop owner and he gets shot by the pawn shop owner yep and then once Rianosuke and Herlock show up they the the baddies shoot Herlock yep but he actually gets injured by his concoctions he has Mm -hmm. and there's a bullet like stuck in his pouch which no one knew about so that introduces the idea of like a third gun which breaks open the case and everything yeah and then essentially this like it said turns all to this whole government espionage thing where like the detective tried to broker a deal with this dude to get the disc because he was working on this big case of like we got to make sure no one knows about these government secrets being leaked even though it was in the paper and everything so he tries to do that and then tries to cover for him but everybody all gets found out essentially mm-hmm. and we learned the whole thing where like Jojo Manley said, 
expresses everything, talks about how McGilda did everything, and then he was like, yeah, I'm the one who murdered him after that case because I realized he got off scot-free. So I had to take revenge. Him. I burned him alive. And then I had to get those discs because I wanted to make sure no one knew it was me. Yep. So that whole thing just turns into a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, it goes places. Mm-hmm. Was not expecting government secrets being leaked as a, another part of this case that was when I was going into it. Nope. Nope. Was not. It was wild. It's very wild. It was fun, though. Yes. And, I mean, like you said at the get-go, like, definitely some interesting, like, class commentary here. Mm-hmm. And this was a good game. Yes. Uh, and Herlock was a freaking menace in the final case and after the final case. Because he's just like, oh, hello, I'm here. I have things for you. Also, I'm just going to pass out now because I'm still uh, recovering from surgery. Also, I'm going to, like, uh, get you this, like, very fast train so we can get to Dover to see Susato off. Also, now it's your fault because now it's your fault. I said it was you. You needed to see her, so oops. Have fun. Have fun. Um, the big cliffhanger, I guess, for this game though is at the end. They Iris talks about how she basically uncovered the the Morse code message, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't in English Morse code. It was in Japanese Morse code. Yes. So she's like, yeah. So I kind of did it, but I only know a little bit of this. So here you go. And then Susanna reads it and is like, oh, okay. So this is a bunch of names. The first name is like Kazuma's name. Mm-hmm. There's a name they don't know. I think there's a third name. I don't remember. And then the fourth is a like Jay Wilson. Yep. They're like, oh. Oh, oh the, the third one was the detective. Oh, right, right, right. So it's yeah. Kazuma, unknown name, the detective... And then Jay Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. But that's all they got from that because they didn't play the whole message and everything. Correct. So there's some weird intergovernment messaging happening with these names, which we do not know about or why that's happening. Which I'm guessing hmm. we will learn next game. <laughs> I'm assuming so, yeah. So yeah, it, it, I was surprised just like how much like they kind of just leave you. But I just leave up in the air, I should say. Mm-hmm. From this game to the next, because like like I said, I think like this game came out in 2015. The second game doesn't come out until like 2017. Oh wow! So I get like you know, there's no guarantee that they're gonna make a sequel. I mean, eventually they did, but there was no guarantee. If it sold terribly, then it would have been like, well, now you'll never know. Yeah, so that's a it's a wild approach there. But there you go. I can say I've started the second game. I have not started the second game. I did not want to be tainted going into this podcast. I have started it. And... But mostly just because like, I finished it right before yesterday <laughs> when we were originally going to record. I was just like, I'll just wait. Yeah. Yeah, Make that's sure I don't fair. get things confused. And I'm probably going to have to hold off on playing more of it because there's something else coming out this weekend that I'm interested in. But um, they pick up straight up answering some of these questions. Well, that's good. So that's a really nice thing. I think you would have to. You do. You have to. 
And so like I was I was pleased that they answer at least something not like they don't immediately jump into like, oh, I wonder what this code is at the end, but they jump into something. I was like, okay, I really wanted closure on this. and I'm glad that we're getting some information on it. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, you learn at the end, Van Zeeks. Yep. Talks about like why he was so like abrasive to Rianoski. He's like, I had been betrayed by someone. One day I'll tell you about this. Yep. And just like who? So I have a theory about this. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be true or not. It's just hit, hit me. I'm interested in theories. Me trying to put points together. Kazuma mm -hmm. kept talking about how he had to do something in Great Britain. Yeah. I wonder if that's related. Hmm. Interesting. Who was it that asked, like, straight up, like, did you know what it was? Was it the main, like, lawyer guy, the the big honcho with the time? Was that him that just straight up asked, like, do you know what it is that he needed to do? I think so. That's what I'm thinking, Like, too. when he first shows up there. Yeah. Because I thought it was interesting that somebody knew, like, oh, hey, what, what, this is something that I'm interested in. It's like, mm -hmm. why would you be interested in that when it's just, like, an exchange student? Right. So, hmm. Some mysteries abound. Mysteries. So I hope we get hopefully we get like just good closure in the second game. Yeah, I hope so. Considering they did not make a third. So I don't know if like they'll do anything else like this or this will just be like the bookend and there you go. Mhm. Mm but I'm uh, I'm excited to get into the second game for sure. Yeah. And see yeah, where it, things takes us. This one was really, really good. So yeah. the second one's, I'm sure, going to be just as great. And like I said, I really enjoyed that they just kind of like messed with your expectations of what an Ace Attorney game is supposed to be. Absolutely. Like, I think you kind of have to do that. Yeah. It was clever. And I think if anyone's going to do that, it's going to be the dude who made the original trilogy. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. And also there's a cat door. Can't go wrong with that. I love that <laughs> I love that she just made a cat door in the middle of the old Bailey. Yep. <laughs> He's like, you can't do that, young lady. I will make cat doors wherever I want. You know what? I support her. I support her. <laughs> I do appreciate, um, just on a side note, I do appreciate that her her and Herlock have the very similar like flick and point. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, they're like best friends. It's great. It's real good. What a duo. It's very good. I love all the characters in this game. Good characters. Very good characters. This is a good game. It is a good game, yes. Yay. I agree. Yay. Well, there you go. That is the first great Ace Attorney game. We will eventually be back with the second one at mm -hmm. a later date. But yeah, good game. Good game. So yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Mm -hmm. If you'd like more from us, head on over to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool. so where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal. Nope, that's this podcast like Jared and Al Watch. <laughs> there you go. Yay, also, nailed it. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. 
You can buy our books, One Shining Moment, A Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a whole host of bonus episodes as well. Well, next well. week we'll talk about something else. Yay! Yay! Yay!